Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, I'm Kristen from Safeway. Your grocery shopping just got easier. Did you know we can deliver your groceries the same day through Safeway.com? Shop online and have your groceries handpicked for you and then delivered to your home or office. Plus, you'll get free delivery with your first online order. Service available in select areas and may be provided by a partner whose pricing and policies apply. Visit shop.safeway.com. This is Kristen from Safeway and we'll be on your doorstep soon. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what we saw in the Colts preseason three win over the San Francisco 49ers. But first, I want to remind you guys about my guy, Mike Ernest. If you guys are looking to buy or sell your home in Indianapolis or any of the surrounding communities, you have to get a hold of my man, Mike Ernest. He and his team have moved their business over to Remax Advanced Realty and the Indy Home Pros team. They're the number one selling real estate team in the state of Indiana. Mike Ernest and his Indy Home Pros team can help you find the house of your dreams. Put the number one real estate team in Indiana on your side by calling Mike Ernest at 317-285-9691 or find him online at circlecityforsale.com. Again, 317-285-9691 or circlecityforsale.com. Get yourself a hold of Mike Ernest if you're looking for a new pad. So let's get down to business now. Um, We saw a lot of good Andrew Luck in preseason week three. We saw some some down in, in week two. Andrew Luck was back up, had a fantastic, uh, you know, performance overall for the most part. He only took one sack for all the pressure that he got, um, you know, and it was obviously we saw the Austin Howard experiment is over at right tackle. I'm not a bit surprised if Austin Howard is completely off of this 53-man roster. I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. I don't think anybody is, like, shocked to hear that. But that's where I'm at, and I would assume that most of you are at that same spot as well. But Luck went 8 of 10 for 90 yards, 9 yards per pass attempt and a touchdown. Nice to see Andrew back in the thick of things. I mean, he looked good. Um, Took a couple what people would say scary hits. You know, you don't want him to be taking hits from two and three guys at a time. But, man, if you saw his press conference afterwards, you saw a guy who's really relaxed, does not care about getting hit a couple times. Felt great, he said. Uh, Kind of addressed, you know, the fact that uh, this isn't, you know, I I am not just, you know, BSing you guys more or less. I I feel great. So 
I am I look anytime I go on another radio station or something like that or somebody else is talking to me about Andrew Luck the question about his arm always comes up eventually we've got to get past that we have to get past the is Andrew's arm okay I mean look he's taken a few whacks already we've seen his arm people want to see him throw 60 yards in the air just because they think that to them will define that Andrew Luck is okay but look he's done it in practice he's fine I mean, we have to we have to get past that now. Now it's all about keeping him healthy and keeping him protected. And uh, right now, the Colts' offensive line is pretty much a work in progress. We did get to see Brad, Braden Smith start at right guard. I thought he did a pretty solid job. And I did notice uh, I kind of rewatched uh, the game again, and and, and I the, there was a holding call on Braden Smith early in the game. And from the angle, at least of the, the TV angle, that was a BS call. I don't know how they called that because he more or less the guy got inside leverage on him and he just pushed him and uh, he didn't push him from behind or anything like that. He didn't hook him. So I don't really understand why the, the, the holding call was called there, but I thought Braden Smith did pretty solid at right guard. Uh, I guess I think that we're pretty uh, in line with Matt Slauson starting there though for the season. And I think Braden Smith um, has come along at right tackle they didn't play him there last night, but they, you've seen him get some snaps there, and I'm, I'm much higher on him than I was earlier in camp, but I'm he's not obviously ideal there. I mean, we, the Colts need a, a legit right tackle right now, guys. I mean, Denzel Good came in and played 20 snaps, and on his 20th snap, he got hurt again. He's week to week. That is not good news. I mean, this guy, he might not make the roster even. I mean, this is where we're getting right now. I mean... These guys have been hurt for so long, or they're terrible. Austin Howard is just awful at right tackle right now, and it's so disappointing because you have all of what came out when the Colts signed him. He, You look at pro football focus. I know that some of you take that with a massive grain of salt, and I do too a lot of times. But Austin Howard was right in the thick of the right tackle group. That that was kind of our storyline right at the time he's he at least we've got a average right tackle he is not an average right tackle period so that's disconcerting so we've got Denzel Good getting some snaps there last night that's not good uh Jamarcus Webb got he didn't do too bad I mean he's so slow but he's not really doing all that bad I mean people hate him because he's just like absolutely it's like slow motion but he's doing a pretty good job of hanging on to guys getting you know, some contact with these guys. And, and he's strong enough to where he can kind of take some of these defensive ends that are rushing off the edge off off balance. So uh, he might end up being the starter there, guys, unless it's Braden Smith, unless they're just going to say, look, you're a rookie, you're our most athletic guy there, you uh, are going to just have to learn for this year. This is just where we're at. I mean, we've got Joe Haig that can play there too. This is kind of a, you know, it's a rough go, guys. Um, but in general, we need Anthony Costanzo healthy. Quentin Nelson looked pretty good. Ryan Kelly got beat a couple times last night. He's been beat a few times this preseason. I think that kind of goes without saying with any of these linemen. They all get beat eventually. But Ryan Kelly, I, I want him to be who we saw in his rookie year. And uh, I, I think that we probably will, but I, I just I want to see him kind of – I wish I was seeing him dominating, I guess I should say, in the preseason. I, I mean, it's my own personal you know, wants and needs from him, but that's where I'm at. So uh, I liked what we saw largely out of the offensive line, but Austin Howard was such a massive disappointment that it was impossible to keep, you know, Luck healthy on that. And, and Luck had a, uh, another two seconds to throw the ball if you look at right guard all the way over to left tackle. Everybody else did their job, not, not Austin Howard. So we'll, we'll have to see. And the running 
running game is 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 rough. I mean, look, we talk about Naheem Hines as a weapon, okay? He was terrible running the ball last night. And I thought initially a lot of it was due to the offensive line. It's not. He has – he's almost – okay, so last year we saw – uh, Marlon Mack a lot of times cut out instead of just continue to take what the offensive line was giving him in between the tackles, right? We're seeing kind of the opposite from Naheem Hines, and it makes no sense to me. He's averse to running outside almost, and he had a couple of pop-out times uh, last night. He chose not to go out. He chose to try to split two defenders with a, with a, a, a lineman blocking for him. And it just went all to hell. So Naheem Hines has got to get his stuff together. He's not a return man anymore. They just can't afford to have him be that much of a liability back there returning kicks. And he feels like it too. You see when he's running the ball up for kickoffs, he is not running full speed. He doesn't even trust himself to hang on to the ball. It's in his head. And I'm not a fan of him running the ball from the, from the backfield. He doesn't. Uh, he his vision is not where it needs to be. We'll put it that way. Um, he is not going to shy away from contact. I do like that about him because he's not a big dude, but he really has a lot of work to do as a running back. Now, if we're going to count him as a weapon, that's one thing, and and we could probably say that that he's going to be some sort of a weapon outside if they can get him the ball in space. But man, we're seeing him like even on kick returns and punt returns. When he's bringing the ball up, he's just running into the first guy that gets him and going down, praying that he holds onto the ball. He's not looking for extra yardage. It's To me, Naheem Hines has dropped massively uh, for me. I liked a lot what we saw in camp from him. I thought that, you know, fumble issues, okay, so be it. But we're still going to see this guy be aggressive, and he's not. Something's up with him. He's got something to work out in his brain. And uh, it's not working out well for him. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, I didn't like the way he ran with the first team yesterday. Um, and, and the Colts, look, after their first 11 carries from the running backs, the Colts had five rushing yards. That's bad. That's really bad. And a lot of it, I mean, I wasn't impressed with Jordan Wilkins yesterday with the ones. After he got in with the twos, he started to run a little better. So this is something we're going to have to really watch as not only the final preseason game kicks off, but through the first part of the, of the regular season, I want, is Jordan Wilkins okay to play with the one? I mean, what is it there? There's a lot more we need to see from this guy. I love him, and I think that he's going to be a really good running back for the Colts, but we got to see more of him. We can't, we can't just uh, have a, a flat-out opinion of him yet. He hasn't seen everything he's going to see, and we need to see a lot more from him. And this running back group is kind of scary right now. You know, there's no Josh Ferguson. That doesn't really make much of a difference. Brandon Oliver has been injured. Christine Michaels kind of trash. Robert Turbin's out for four games. Naheem Hines can't run the ball. Jordan Wilkins wasn't great against the ones. Marlon Mack is injured. This running back committee is a mess right now, guys. Um, you know, positive thoughts, great. Everybody be hopeful. I, I am too. But right now, they're, they are a real work in progress, and it is not looking good. Love what we've seen out of the tight ends. Daryl Daniels had a nice game last night as well. But I love Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Eric Swoop looked good. Ross Travis didn't have, you know, I think he had one target last night. But that doesn't that doesn't take away from what I think of him. This team's not going to keep five tight ends. If they do, I will be some seriously surprised. There is no reason for them to keep five tight ends other than the fact that their wide receiver group is such a trash heap right now. This is the most negative I've been about this team in a while, but it's not just because of a game three performance. It's because of what's left on the roster, guys. 
look, T.Y. Hilton looked great last night. He did drop a ball that he should have caught for a first down. Um, you can say the defender did his job, sure, but it hit T.Y. in both of his hands, and he didn't catch the ball. I'm not going to kill him for it. It's a preseason game. But, you know, the, the fact is it was a drop. Chester Rogers looked good last night, especially after the catch. Ryan Grant still has nothing to show for his time in Indianapolis. We can say he's a good blocker. They can say that he's running routes hard and solid and, and crisp. But you know what? He's not getting open, and the quarterbacks aren't throwing him the ball. He's got four targets in three games, and I would say it's somewhere around 50 to 60 snaps total. Okay, um, Maybe that's average. Maybe it's not whatever. I'm just not impressed with him. I don't see the, the upside to Ryan Grant right now. Hopefully he can come around, and hopefully he can like just kind of turn it on once the season gets here. But right now, I don't see anything, guys. Zach Pascal last night had some uh, special teams you know, time with kick returns, and I thought he looked really good doing that. He's a, he's a big, tall guy, 6'2", 220. I mean, big, tall guy, did really well last night, I thought. And uh, he also didn't get many uh, attempts last night, but I think, that there's, I think there's a lot we're going to see from him in this fourth game, and I think that we can expect to see him make the roster. That's just my opinion. But I think with him being a special teams guy and as seamless as he was catching the ball in return, I think he's going to be on this roster. Cason Williams is a guy that I really want to see more of. He didn't even get a target last night. Um, I thought initially he might have been injured because I don't even remember seeing him on the field. But he was not on the uh, not play list. He was not on the inactive list, not play list. How's that for professional? But, you know, there's other guys here. Steve Ishmael. He caught a ball for eight yards last night. Uh, Darius Fountain caught his first pass. I think he was a 14- or 15-yard catch. Krishan Hogan, I don't remember if he did anything last night at all. I think he had a target, but I don't remember what you know resulted from it. Uh, the Colts are really missing K.J. Brent, guys. As weird as that is to say right now, K.J. Brent, the Colts desperately need him to be that number four wide receiver because this is a struggling group, okay? Matt Hazel uh, is gone now. Not that he was going to offer anything to begin with. Shontavis Jones had a really nice catch deep. You like to see that. But there's there's other things. James Wright was out last night, but uh, there, there are just some other things that are coming with this that are kind of scary. I mean, you just don't see a great deal of upside from a lot of these guys. So this wide receiver group needs badly an addition. I mean, desperately needs an addition. So, and, and like I said, overall, I thought the quarterbacks played pretty well. I thought Jacoby did a nice job, 7-13 to 13 for 120. He was over nine yards in attempt as well, but no touchdowns or interceptions. Um, I, I thought that they did pretty good. All in all, I mean, you can count how the defense did against Garoppolo, 9-19 for 135, no touchdowns or uh, interceptions, but there was a few drops there. I mean, Garoppolo really had – you know, a pretty solid game. I think uh, his wide receivers kind of let him down his tight ends, especially. Um, I thought we saw some nice defense last night as well. I thought we saw, uh, you know, several guys contributing. And, and I think that this is kind of what we're going to see from this defense. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment, right after the break. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. 
They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets they've got it all guys and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with that's why i always tell people to bet with my bookie i just did that literally the other day trust me guys they are the best bet this season join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar use my promo code blue colts to activate the offer Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code, BLUECOLTS, when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. All right, guys, welcome back to the cast. Uh, Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball right now. Okay, we saw... First and foremost, let's cut right to Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard is going to be a beast on this team, and I love it. Um, I'm not. There's no I told you so with this, but I was so certain of this guy when I watched his tape that he was going to be a player. He's fast. He gets in passing lanes. He hits hard. He's great in pursuit. All this stuff when we watched his tape, man, I was surprised. Like I told you guys when he was drafted, I did not – had not seen much of his tape at all. Very, very little. Was not impressed with him. Um, kind of one of those things where you're going through so much film of college guys that all you do is just, man, eh, he doesn't stand out in any great way for some reason. Why? I don't know why he didn't. But once the Colts drafted him, I went back and watched him, and I was really impressed. I don't. I mean, it wasn't uh, a bias towards that the Colts drafted him or anything. I just what just what I relayed to you guys. Everything that I saw there was what he's showing right now. He's been, I mean, he had two near interceptions, that play on the goal line where Pierre Desir broke up the pass uh, at the goal line. He almost, the the ball went up in the air, and and Leonard, like, tracked it down, nearly caught that. So, I mean, you could actually say he almost had three interceptions last night. Unfortunately, he didn't come away with any of them. But you see that he's always around the ball. He's doing great in in his pursuit. He hits hard. Darius Leonard, we found a star. Okay, now a star in this defense is kind of what I'm getting at. Do I think he's going to be a top 5'10 linebacker in the NFL? 
not really. I think that he's got potential for that, you know, especially at the will position because it's such a position where you can rush him, you can drop him in coverage, and you're going to see him probably come away with, uh, you know, some forced fumbles and stuff. He's going to be a, it's, it's a position where you see a lot of action. He gets a lot of action at that position. So maybe it's possible, but I mean, I'm not saying that I think that that's his projection right now, but I do think he's perfect for this system. And if everything else can come together over the next couple of years and they can get some nice pieces in, in, around the rest of this defense, then I think that he's got a real real possibility of being a standout. Uh, really, again, I like what Sky Moore does a lot, guys. I, I'm a big fan of his in coverage. I think he hits hard when he's, he's uh, vertical, with, or not vertical, but when he's adjacent to a running back. He tackles so damn high, though. He is going for shoulder pads, and and I can't stand that. It drives me absolutely nuts. We saw a lot of that in the past with uh, with uh, DeQuell Jackson and, and a lot of these other linebackers that the Colts have had for a long time. That isn't going to get him anywhere in the NFL. Tackling with his hands, you know, it reaching and trying to pull down from their shoulder pads, you're not going to tackle anybody from that. In fact, you're just going to allow somebody else to come up and 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 either miss another tackle or you're going to let it go for a big gain. That can happen. That's probably my only critique of Sky Moore right now, to be quite honest with you. He needs to be more fundamental with his tackling, especially at the mic. It's a position, guys, that we have cut in half any linebacker that the Colts have had for as long as I can remember. Outside of Jarrell Freeman in the past, and even in his later years, you know, he got a little lax. But outside of that, we've basically just, if they tackled a bunch, everybody thought they were good, but they just weren't good linebackers. We can't have Sky Moore falling into bad habits. I think he's a great uh, Mike. I think he's perfect for this nickel. And he just, he's got to be more fundamental. That has to be something that he's being taught and that he learns and that he's coming away with every single game. Really like Zaire Franklin guys a lot. He is a guy who is consistently showing his power. He's showing his instincts. He is not flashy. He is around the ball a lot, though. But you don't recognize him because he's number 97. You think it's just a lineman, and they just he's just falling into it. I'm tell- Zaire Franklin's going to be a big get. I think he is a great rookie for the Colts this year. He is going to be a guy who is – I think he's going to move around eventually. Injuries happen. Uh, bad play, all that stuff happens. I think we're going to see him at multiple positions in this linebacking core, and I, I'm glad that the Colts drafted him. I mean, it's a heck of a draft pick as far as I'm concerned, especially as late as he was picked. So Matthew Adams, another guy. You guys know what I feel about this guy. He's tough in special teams. He's good in coverage. Um, I'm, I'm, re- I'm not super high on this guy, but I really like his potential. He's going to take some time. He lit a dude up, too, last night. And, uh, you know, they can't have those. I mean, he, 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 he set that up. He wanted a highlight real play, and he got it. And he, if you watch some of his college tape, that's what you see a lot of. And he's going to have to kind of reel that in a little bit and be a little more fundamental with his tackling too, not to try to take people out of their shoes every time, but hit him that hard, hit him around the waist that hard, not trying to hit him up high because he's going to draw a lot of penalty flags. Looking at the defensive end group, guys, uh, Jabal Sheard still, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of Jabal Sheard and I want to see him excel, but we're not seeing a lot out of him. Maybe it's because of the limited amount of snaps. Maybe it's because the defense is vanilla right now, but he just, 
I mean, he's got a long I just, I just don't know what's going on with him right now cuz he's not standing out on tape at, in any way shape or form. He just isn't. I want to see more from him. Marcus Hunt, I think as much as we've talked about Marcus Hunt just being a really tough guy and being a, a good piece here on uh on the defense, he's actually starting, okay? So he's getting starting reps opposite Shear. And he does man, he blocks a lot of kicks. He gets his hands up in the passing lanes a lot. I'm not going to be surprised if he gets cut. He is not an edge rusher. He is a, I mean, he is in there for first down and first down only. If they're going to use him for that, then I think that you've got some other options for that. I think you can do just as well with John Simon in that position. John Simon, by the way, with his neck injury, apparently it's nothing to worry about. They said that it was more precautionary than anything because uh, his neck injury last year that kept him out of like six or seven games, um, you know, it, it was just, it was precautionary for that. But apparently it's not much to worry about. They said, I think they have him day-to-day, so that's very, very good news. Um, but I, I just don't I, – I honestly don't know if Hunt makes this roster. I don't. I think that might be a surprise cut. Uh, Kamiko Ture, we finally got to see some action from him last night. Now, there was a, an, an interesting uh, piece to this, and I'm going to kind of – I'm going to overlap a little bit here. But Terrell Basham, we get to him, and we know nothing's really changed with that. He had one good snap last night. Let me take that back. He had two good snaps last night. One of them was on uh, a sack from Ryan Delaire. Delaire was able to bend, was able to reach, and was able to beat his guy enough to get a piece of the quarterback. Terrell Basham, coming from the other side, was not bending and was not able to reach and grab. He did tap, I think, the quarterback on his leg. He was not... if. If nobody else was there, that guy's getting away from Basham without any question, no question about it. But Ryan Delaire hops, I mean, he plows through Basham because they basically met at the same point. But you can see that Delaire had that length to reach out and grab him. And bending, trying to get closer to the quarterback, he was able to get him and jerk him down. Those are the, that's the, that is the difference between Terrell Basham and a guy like Ryan Delaire. Ryan Dallaire didn't even play in the league last year. Ryan Dallaire is not a guy that anybody thought was going to make this roster. Everybody thought coming in he was a camp body. Who wouldn't? I mean, that late in the process, right? Terrell Basham's had over 12 months of play with the Colts. He's had two uh, camp training camps. He's in his second preseason, and we've seen virtually nothing from him. I, I'm... I'm done waiting, man. I mean, I know that Ballard wants to let these guys grow and he wants to raise his own. I just don't see it from Basham. I don't. I wish I did. I loved him coming out of college. Uh, first to admit that as of now, I was way wrong about him. But Ryan Dallaire, on the other hand, big fan. He's got to make this roster. That guy is blowing people out. Two sacks last night. Um, a fumble recovery. He is explosive off the line every single snap even if he's in run defense okay even if he's on the strong side basham is not you see him so measured and he he just doesn't have the ability to get off of blocks brian delaire is smacking and ripping and and dipping and everything to get off of a block you don't see that from basham it's a big difference i don't know if it's effort execution uh technique i don't know exactly what it is but delaire is in my opinion far and above what Terrell Basham has has shown us so far. So I, I think the layer has to be on this roster. Basham, on the other hand, honestly, at this point, I could care less. I don't. I don't care if the Colts are keeping 
uh, every single draft pick that they've ever drafted. I don't care if Ballard goes every single year and ends up busting out one of his draft picks. What I care about is that he, through the process of finding other talent, is able to weed out those guys who don't deserve to be on the roster. That's what I care about. That's how you build this team. Yes, you do it through the draft. Yes, you do it sparingly in free agency. And you do it with smart moves. And right now, Terrell Basham is, is taking snaps away from guys who deserve them. And Delaire deserves them, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, back to Kamoko Ture. The other snap that Terrell Basham had that was good was they actually kicked him inside. And it was interesting because I didn't notice it until about halfway through the snap. Um, Basham came in. He actually got some pretty good explosion out of the, out of their middle. I think that's it's basically what they want from Taekwon Lewis. Um, I don't think that that's a place they're going to keep him to that's not going to be his position that's not going to be his forte because his explosion unless they basically said you need to explode out get in there if you can and do it I mean I guess I could see that he's not built for that necessarily though um, I don't think that like I said I don't think that's his forte I don't know if he's strong enough to do that but being that he doesn't have a secondary move that's what a lot of those defensive tackles do right explode get in there get your hands out get your arms out uh push get some leverage and just keep pushing but that's about all basham can do so maybe it'll work maybe that's what they do with him i don't know whatever they can do with him to get him going I i'm in favor of but kamoko ture got some good pressure off the backside there and got a hit on the quarterback as well so i mean that was kind of a combination snap we need to see more of Kamoko Ture. We're going to see more of him in preseason week four. Anthony Johnson looked pretty good last night. I enjoyed watching him. He's not a terrible guy. He's just so far down on this list right now that it's really hard to get a great uh, idea of what he's got. Al Woods, um, I'm, I'm a little not, not concerned necessarily. And, and look, we're, we're talking about run defense, and a lot of people are saying Al Woods is there for the run defense, but he's not doing it. Look, the run defense early in that first drive – don't get me wrong. There's no excuses for it. But what we are seeing, go back and watch it, and what you see is that defensive line slanting a lot, and they're all slanting hard. So basically, anytime that running back has a counter step in his uh, approach to the line, once he gets that counter step done, that defensive line is already completely out of the picture, and all he has to deal with is linebackers. So if he's got his offensive line letting those guys stunt or letting those guys slant, pushing them out of the way then he's got two linemen there to block two linebackers and that linebackers aren't going to win that very often unless they're really good that's why the Colts gave up so many yards in their first drive last night it wasn't just because the the defensive line was getting blown out it was because their call was setting them up for failure that slant is a very risky move uh for that reason so uh, I'm not going to kill Al Woods and Stewart and Ridgeway and all those guys for, for that right now, but that's something that's going to come with the territory, guys. 95 yards, though, inside of the first half is despicable and is not going to cut it. That's not going to be able to – that's not going to work. So the Colts are – we're definitely missing Danico Autry last night, and uh, we need to see more from Al Woods. Don't get me wrong. We need to see Grover Stewart step up some more. Uh, Ridgeway looked pretty solid last night. He got blown out a few times as well. But the Colts really need to see Tyquan Lewis get back in the mix. Rakeem Nunes and Roaches, he sniffed out a, a quick screen. Nice to see some of that speed from him. That's the first time I've noticed him on tape at all. So that was nice. Uh, all in all, this defensive front, it was supposed to be one of the deeper groups. And right now it's kind of whittling itself away because uh, 
there's just guys not being fundamental. So uh, we, we need to see a lot more, I think, from that. And guys just aren't putting up. You know, I know it's preseason. I'm not getting completely out, uh, you know, uh, ahead of my skis here with, with talking negatively about these guys. But you can't be BSing yourself about it either. These guys are going hard every snap. They're not like, oh, it's preseason. I don't care. They're going hard, but they're just not doing a good job a lot of times. And so when they do come in and they are straight up and they are there for on an on a early down and they're trying to either stand up guys or get some pressure on the quarterback, they're not getting it. And, uh, you know, for the, for the, for the fact that, that uh, Delaire is getting so much pressure and is showing so much explosion and is beating so many linemen, I think that's a testament to him. Um, looking for some more out of these guys in week four, most definitely. Let's go to the secondary. Uh, we saw a great game, in my opinion, out of Pierre Desir. Uh He'd been kind of MIA for a little bit. You know, hadn't really shown a whole lot, but I thought he did nice. Uh, the Colts did sign Lindsey Pipkins. I, I take that back. They traded away Antonio Morrison to Green Bay for Lindsey Pipkins, who was a corner. Um, played 12 games last year for uh, Green Bay. He's a guy that the Colts are going to get a very, very good hard look at in week four. We've got to see what they can get out of him. They all, the Colts also have now Jonte Baldwin in there. Um, I didn't see much out of Robert Jackson or Lashard Durr last night. I think those guys are really uh, on the brink. I think they're going to get cut. DJ White had an okay game. Uh, Kenny Moore played pretty well, I thought. I thought Chris Milton guys really kind of played a really good game. I think five or six tackles last night had a pass breakup. Um, and his coverage was good, and he he is noticeably faster than any other gunner that the Colts have in those situations in punt. So I'm looking for Chris Milton here in this final game to establish that. If he has a game anything close to what he had in week three, he's making this roster. Colts need Hairston and Wilson to get healthy. Um, we'll probably see a lot of these younger guys in this game, in this uh, week four game. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Going to the safeties now, Malik Hooker, nice seeing him last night. He looked good. Pass break up there in the end zone that should have been a touchdown. The Colts have been pretty lucky and opportunistic in the red zone defensively. They have a lot of opportunities uh, to stop guys in, in, you know, in between the 20s. Right now, their spot is basically in the red zone. They look better than anything, and a lot of it is luck. I'm going to say that. They are lucky on some of this stuff because it's uh, drops or bad passes or bad alignments or something, but they're making do with what they've got, and they're making some plays, and that's good. Pass breakups. Um, They're getting some pressure, forcing the, the quarterbacks to roll out and throw the ball away, so they're doing okay. This is definitely, this is the epitome of bend, don't break, guys. And we're seeing it right now, but it is scary to watch. It is it is edge of your seat defense because you're going to see some some turnovers. You're going to see this team be opportunistic in between the twenties, but when it comes down to the twenty, uh, inside the twenty yard line, the Colts defensively are going to have to be one of the best in the league if they're not going to give up a crap load of points. Um, Hooker had that pass breakup. I thought Gethers played pretty well last night for the most part. Matthias Farley didn't notice him so much last night, but I think he had a fairly decent game. I mean, if you don't notice negative, you know, you just assume Farley had a pretty good game. Um, TJ Green, he went out with an injury. I can't remember if it was groin, hamstring, or whatever it was. Uh, I, I think he's, I think, I really truly think he's on the chopping block right now. Ronald Martin sadly also left. 
he might be as well. Now, there's a couple guys here, Robinson Therese, Chris Cooper, and George Odom. These three guys are really fighting for a roster spot right now, and I think that it's quite possible one of them is going to get it. Ronald Martin, if he's not healthy, he's not making this roster. TJ Green, um, they really have to be in love with his speed and his traits and his length and everything else because he's not showing up defensively. I mean, he's not showing up as in stuffing any runs. He's not showing up in, in knocking any balls away. No pass breakups on the back end. And he's not in he's not often, if ever, in the right place. It's not you know, he doesn't have a nose for the football, it doesn't seem. So we we've seen Chris Cooper. We've seen we saw a nice play out of uh Therese last night and Odom. Those guys are kind of just hanging around. So it's gonna be interesting to watch uh as it all goes. But you know, last night, uh, who was I think Ebron led the team with 54 yards on five catches. Shantavis Jones had 53 yards on that one bomb from Brissett. Daryl Daniels 44 on two catches. The one was 28 yards. Jordan Wilkins had a 29 yard uh, reception there. That was nice. Um, I think he's going. I think he's going to be good, man. But I, I want to see more of him with this first team. Chester Rogers had a really nice catch. Um, catch and run little twist there got away uh, I'm excited to watch him though anytime he gets five ten yards into his run he looks like he's gonna trip every time he did that in week two as well um, Eric Swoop had a nice catch Ryan Grant finally had a catch uh, T.Y. Hilton had a couple nice catches I thought he did great and we talked about the the rest of them but Zaire Franklin rookie led the team in tackles <clears throat> and solo tackles uh, Sky Moore rookie led the team in total tackles had three solo, had a sack, um, and obviously a tackle for loss. Darius Leonard had five rookie, five tackles, two pass deflections. Like I said, should have been interceptions. Wish that he needs to work on his jugs machine because if he does that, man, he's going to be an all-around stud. Chris Milton had five tackles in a pass deflection. Pierre DeServe, four, and a tackle for loss. Kenny Moore had four in a pass deflection. Clayton Gathers, four tackles. I mean... All these guys, I mean, Ryan Dallaire, three tackles, two sacks, two um, two QB hits, obviously, and, and tackles for loss. So another thing, Hassan Ridgeway, he's, kind of, he's been very consistent, right? Uh, interesting to watch some of these guys kind of go at it. Uh, George uh, Odom had an interception last night. We talked about, or I guess I didn't talk about it. I just said he made a play, but he, he had an interception last night. Um, I, I'm just really interested to watch this team come week four i i this is always a week where people tend to get annoyed because we don't see any starters and people can't stand watching the backups uh play such extended snaps we have to watch this we have to know what our depth is like i'll be watching nice and close <laughs> hating myself for it probably but i'll and i'll even watch it twice so i think that we've got a lot to look forward to um, you know, September 1st is, uh, 53 man roster day. September 2nd is all the waiver claims. It's going to be a busy, busy, busy weekend guys. Thursday's the football game. And then, you know, we get that day off and then Friday, Saturday, I mean, Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, is going to be nothing but roster transition. And, uh, you know, expect the Colts to be active guys. There's going to be, it's going to be a busy weekend for the Colts. I can tell you that trades, uh, I'm not saying the Colts necessarily, but just the NFL in general. It's going to be trades, waiver claims, cuts. I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to be on the market right now. So 
Um, there's going to be some prizes, some surprises from other teams too. So keep that in mind. We're going to see some guys get cut that we don't think should probably get cut, probably because our roster isn't as good as theirs. So hopefully Chris Ballard is in people's ear who may be on the roster bubble and uh, they can get maybe a receiver, maybe even, you know, cut a couple guys and get a nice solid pass rusher, maybe make a massive trade for Khalil Mack. That would make me so happy. Uh, that would be just amazing. But uh, I get it. If you're going to if your argument is that the Colts are just too far away from being a legit contender, I get it. But I don't care. They can be a contender next year too with Mac, and he can be in his second year with the team. Don't doesn't make a difference to me. So uh, interesting days coming up, folks. Keep yourselves uh, keep yourselves ready for a bunch of news. And as always, make sure you guys get to Stampede Blue for all your Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. Uh, I am Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the Colts Cast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts Cast. Stampede Blue. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. 
In the Vergecast series Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.